So let's get into this word, the churches of Macedonia. And my subheading today is honor when discouraged. Okay? Honor when discouraged. This, this thought has been brewing inside of me for the week. Um, so we must learn that even when we are discouraged, we must honor. Right? Now, if you remember the word honor, it means to value, to prize, to determine the worth of something or someone. To determine that worth, that's what the word honor means. But we all, we all know, or maybe we do not, that when you, when you value someone, that is usually the person that can hurt you the most. Right? That's usually the one you would say, I expected it from everybody else, but not from you. Because where, where, where there is a value, a worth placed upon someone in honor, that is where we can be also easily offended. And um, offended. Or discouraged. And we must learn to honor even when we are discouraged. Or we will become discouraged. Through the offense. Through a correction. It is part of the package. And it's part of our growth. Okay? Right? So, let's, let's just get a scripture. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 5. Okay. Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation, the encouragement, which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. Okay. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scorches every son whom he receives. Now, if I teach you to honor, but I do not teach you that there can be moments in the journey when you can be offended, either by an action. Uh, in this context, we are talking about leaders. And last week, I already told you that honor goes on, on every level. Marriage, uh, at the workplace, brothers and sisters, children honoring parents. Honors in various different uh, spaces and relationships. But... We are focused on honoring leaders because we have discovered from the churches of Macedonia that there was a certain way that they walked with their leaders that caused them to flourish in grace. Now, when, when we have this honor, and I can speak from personal experience, um, it, it just... I do not speak this as someone that does not have experience. I have the experience of what it is like to, to, 
to hold someone highly in your heart and in your mind and in your thinking and to appreciate that person in your life for how the Lord has used them but at the same time to be become offended right and we have to learn how to deal with that because you have to come into a space in your life or a place in your life where you are unoffended Amen? Unoffended. And that, is kind, and that can be difficult. That can be difficult. Uh, and and it, I know at times it, it, it can be, like I say, I, I say it can be very difficult. You know, I've learned to, over the years, become unoffended. And not to battle so much with offense. I remember when we went to Malawi... Last year, I traveled far distances to, to go and preach the gospel and the message of Christ there. And um, beforehand, I, I spoke with Corbus. Uh, he was the one that invited me. And I went with him, with another brother in Christ, Selvin, Pastor Selvin. And so... Each one of us uh, was explained that we would have about three sessions each. Because the sessions are a lot, so we would each do three sessions. And I said, okay, now I will prepare myself for three sessions accordingly. And while we were there, coming in, I think, into the second last day of the conference, Kubus was busy preaching, and I was to go after him when he was finished. And after he finished doing his session, he sat down and he said to me, you know, I feel I need to take the next session. Is it okay with you? (laughs) And I said, take it, no problem. Just do it. The Holy Spirit is leading you, do it. And he took the next session and we enjoyed the rest of the day. No issues, nothing, right? We have to learn to be unoffended. And I can guarantee you, the scripture here in verses 5, if we go back to Hebrews 12, verse 5, it says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to your sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when, when. Is there a if? There is no if. It's only when. In other words, it will happen. It is part of the journey and the relationship. Just like it's almost impossible to be married and not be offended. Okay? The amounts of offense vary, differs and is up to you. But later on you, in the marriage you learn to be unoffended. You learn to understand the person. You learn to understand where they are coming from and why they are saying. And you learn to, to understand that what they are saying is not coming from a place that, that they are against you. But because they love you. And then in their love they would say, you know what, I don't think that that which you did was right. Which is not what you would want to hear. But when you begin to understand that it's from a place of love. A place that they are for you. 
They're not against you. You know, they're on your side. They want the best for you. It's easier to accept those words. Amen? I speak from experience. I know how marriage sometimes looks like this. There's akuna matatas. <laughs> right? But especially in our beginning days, we had a lot of hiccups. But you must learn. And I've had to tell myself, I know where she's coming from. I know what she's saying. Why she's saying it. I know, I don't understand that she's not against me. You know, she's not trying to judge or beat me down. She is trying to help me. And I had to learn to accept that help. Now, the word chastisement in Hebrews chapter 12 verses 5, it means to discipline or disciplinary correction, tutorage or training. Right, that word in the Greek. Um, so, it means to discipline. And I've, I've uh, seen this. You know, it's not just to teach, but it's also to discipline. And discipline is to, is to cause them to walk, to do things that sometimes they don't want to do. So, a simple example is, if I come at home and I speak to my children and I say, every morning when you get up, you make your own bed. I did not get someone to clean our house so that they can make your bed up as well. You make your bed so that you can learn to keep your room tidy. And before you get up and go anywhere, so, so I'm usually quite... Uh, stick to the routine on that thing. So if I'm up in the morning, you weet ek gaan stap en kyk. As die bed opgemaak voor die school toe gaan. Ons gaan laat school toe, die bed moet opgemaak word. We are going late to school if that bed is not made. You will learn to make that bed. Now, that is difficult because in discipline, learning to do something repeatedly so that later on, you silence the murmur. So you don't have to beat them, bash them. You just say, make your bed. You're not going anywhere. Ah, I don't want to make the bed. Why am I I'm late for school and all this? No, make your bed. Next day, same thing. Well, make your bed. After a while, you don't, you just see the bed is made. Why? Because it's discipline. You understand? So discipline is the repetition even in the midst of something that you do not like. You are taught to walk and behave in a certain way even, even from the initial start if that is not you and you don't like it. Are you all with me? So to discipline or disciplinary correction. And sometimes there is correction and there is training So, this word comes from train up a child in the way that he should go. Training means um, let them do it repeatedly. So, I'm learning that, hey, I don't need to bash them all the time with my words. I just say, you've got to do the dishes. Okay, so now we have a thing. When it comes to weekend, you're taking turns to do dishes. 
And so at first he's, oh, I must have two dishes. And, and the other one is saying, uh, they used to do it together. No, I said, no. You do it on your own, you do it on your own. It's your turn this weekend, the next weekend it's the other person's turn. And at first you get, oh, but now it's like, whose turn is it? No, it's that one's turn. Okay, let's go do dishes. There's no option here. Let's just do the dishes. It's training, right? Then it goes on to say, do not despise. Do not think little of it. We can so easily think little of being trained to walk in a certain way. In discipline, you are taught not to be, walk according to feeling. You are, just, are taught to walk according to the rule that is given. And you slowly but surely eliminate the feelings. And the feelings get silenced because of the repetition of something. Are you all with me? Don't despise, don't think very little of being corrected. Guided, told. So you'll be told, no, you, you're feeling tired? No, don't go with the tiredness. Get up, get dressed, come to the meeting. It's winter, it's cold outside. No, don't teach yourself to walk by your flesh, your feeling. Go against that. And say, I will walk by the instruction. Because the more you do that, the more you bring yourself under the submission of God's word. The more you silence feelings and emotions and reasoning. You know, Thamu once said, if you want to shut the eye of reason... Do you know how, how many times we can reason? Why must people like it? Why is it like it? Why must I go greet the person? I don't like greeting people. You know, that thinking, that reason. Um, why must we honor? Is it, the, uh, you know, all the questions and the, the reasons we can give for why it shouldn't be done. You silence that voice. By your obedience, consistent obedience. Later on, that voice no longer argues with you. It's simply, this is what we do. In the same way, when you teach, when the Holy Spirit leads you, there are many times, a simple example is you wake up maybe 4 o'clock in the morning and, and you feel you must go pray. Your flesh will tell you sleep. But that is where... The flesh is dominating over the spirit. But the spirit man must dominate over the flesh. But to, for the spirit man to, to take control where the body becomes a slave to your spirit is by discipline. Similarly, many of you jog or you have exercises. And you will understand that to get results, you need consistency in the exercise. 
Otherwise, it won't work. Coming with the first day and giving it your everything. And tomorrow you are painting like, like, Jesus, what did I do? You know, you know that, and after that, and then the next couple of days, you're so sore, you don't even want to go on exercise. But when it comes to discipline, it doesn't matter how you feel. My body, we need results, so let's do it. Okay? Are you all with me? Don't despise. If you despise, it means you don't understand the benefit of it. If you think little of correction, you don't understand the harvest you can reap from it. And the impact that it can have on your life in a positive way. Now, I'm not talking about people, I'm not talking about leaders or people that are like just totally rude to you, telling you how stupid you are and all those type of things. You know, I'm not speaking about that. I'm speaking about good correction. Did what you do, Nasirachi. You need to change that. This is the way you must walk. Why do you do it like this? Stop that. Are you you all with me? Okay? Don't despise it. Then he goes on to say, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked. This word rebuked means to be told your fault. Okay? This word rebuke includes that word correction. And it says, don't be discouraged. Now, when you, when you honor and you, and you have value for someone and you are taught to honor, there are times when you would be rebuked, corrected. And in the correction, you can be offended. But do not be discouraged. That is usually... That is when your emotions are speaking the loudest to you. And our emotions become our reasoning and the way that we think. And it's easy for us to go with our emotions and then we depart from the way that has been taught to us. This is the way that you're supposed to do it. But then we can depart from that. And we depart because, it, uh, with the reason we depart, because it agrees with our emotion. And if I depart from this way, then at least I will have silence on the inside. But I guarantee you, even though there's silence, it has not left you. It's affecting you in some other way. It is affecting you in some way. And it will affect you in other places, in relationships, in the way that you think. You need to allow, you need to allow offense to bring you to a place of being unoffended. Even as the Lord said to me, I have allowed you to be rejected so that I may deliver you from rejection. That you may stop worrying about what people think. So that I can silence that voice inside of you. That voice that says, if I do this, what will they think? If I come on a Sunday and I speak to them about money, what are they going to say? Ah, the pastor is after geld. Or if I come here and say, you must submit. Oh, the pastor wants to control me. I, Lord, how must I now say it? How must I say it? Maybe I must say it like this or like that. 
You know, and you battle because you're more worried about what the people think. But the Lord said, I want to silence that voice. So I had to allow you to experience the feeling that people don't value you. Allow you to experience that whole feeling of that hurt that you would experience. They don't, yo, they looks like they just don't worry about what you say. Uh, to go through that experience. And the, Lord, and the Lord said, I allowed you to go through that so that I may cut that thing out of your life. So that when you speak, you are not worried about what they think. You are speaking what I'm telling you to speak. So that you, my, you are my servant, not theirs. But you serve them. Are you all with me? Are you with me? It, it, it teaches you now, if we constantly are walking according to our flesh, what we feel and what we experience and the weather today and the, how my body feels this morning and... And what this person said to me, and so on and on and on it goes. It's like a never-ending story. Today you'll sort out this one. I guarantee you tomorrow, two weeks down the road, three weeks down the road, somebody else has offended you. Four or five weeks down the road, another person has offended you. You deal with that and you go five months down the road, so-and-so did what to you? And you are again in your emotions. You keep falling back into that ditch But when you teach yourself to walk by discipline, be disciplined. No, I hear what you say, but this is the way. I will stick to the rule. I will stick to the principle. And as I stick to the principle, I will silence that voice. That voice will no longer interfere with me. And the more we teach ourselves that, the more when we come into significant spaces or opportunities the more we will be ready for it. Are you all with me? Okay? So don't be discouraged. Don't be, don't be disheartened and say, this honor thing, leave it, man. It's anyway not working. Because I show him honor and now I am rebuked, corrected and so on. Or maybe he even offended me without even me knowing. I didn't even know. Maybe I did something. And you understand. But do not be discouraged. The encouragement is not to be discouraged. Are you all with me? Now, for us to, to function, to walk, to behave, or to practice honor, we need to come to a place where we accept the authority of Scripture. It's easy to turn when your emotions are speaking and when you are offended and you know what the word says, but I know what I'm feeling and what I'm feeling is more important than what I know what the word says. And the reason that happens is because you have not accepted the authority of the scripture over your life. Those who accept the authority of scripture or what the word teaches in a case like this, will learn to obey the word even though their emotions are telling them many things. Are you all with me? 
when the when we have heard that teaching, when we have heard what the scripture says, when we've heard, but it's like there's a disregard. Unless you unless you can accept that the Bible, the scripture is the authority. Tell the person next to you, the scriptures is the authority. It is what must rule your life. But many times if we are honest, it's more emotions that rule us than the scriptures. Because discipline awakens those emotions. Discipline. I mean, children can be happy. Then you just say, dishes. <sighs> you know, you understand? Children can be happy and you just say, no, today we are cleaning up the house. Why? You know, all of a sudden, discipline. But when discipline comes in, it awakens things, but it silences it later. Because we teach ourselves to walk by rule, by principle, not by emotion. Why? Because if you are going to walk, as the Bible says, walk according to the Spirit, you have to walk according to what you know is true, regardless of what your body tells you. You have to walk according to what is true. You have to train yourself. It looks like it's not coming through, but I know. He will come through. Why? Because the word says, so I stick to the word because the word has told me he will never fail me or let me down. So I stick to it. It's uncomfortable. It's, e- it's difficult. It's easy to do it my way. Okay? I'm not talking about very extreme cases. We're, talking, we're generalizing now. Okay? So, uh, are you all with me? Okay? Don't, don't. If we don't know the benefit of suffering. Now sometimes I think we need to teach people how to suffer correctly. How to suffer to get victory. Because suffering is one of those words that goes with a when you suffer. Not a if. That's why the book of Peter says, why are you shocked? Why are you amazed? Are you all with me? So, so to speak about the authority of scripture, we have to talk about something here that I want to explain to you. I know the words might be a little bit, but we just need to get a little bit into it. This word existentialism. Okay? Existentialism. Now, this word existentialism means the, the approach of, of people that have... The existentialism is a mindset that you have. A thinking. Uh, a mindset that has taken over your mind. A thought, a way of thinking. The, when they, the existential, existential approach... Okay, I'll just read. Considers human nature to be open-ended. Okay? So, 
There is an openness, whatever is, is, whatever can, whatever feels good, let's go for it, let's experience it. Flexible and capable of enormous range of experience. So we would venture into experiences because we have removed boundaries. Because to the extension, those who are in that mindset, they, to them it's open-ended, there's no boundaries Take the boundary off and as open. Mark so what you will. Full. And experience life. Experience life even if it is sin. Experience. Open-ended. Right? Um, the, the person is in a constant process of becoming. What does that mean in a constant process of becoming? Or I create myself as I exist. There is no essential, solid self. No given definition of one's personality and abilities. So when it says you are in a constant process of becoming, it is this idea, not that you are maturing into something, but today. Because I I myself will exist as I exist in the moment. So today if I feel, I don't feel like a male. I'm constantly becoming and creating myself as I move on. There is no constant solid self. So there is no the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is only what I know and am experiencing as that moment which is to be true to me. And there is no truth that can contradict what I feel and experience. Uh, have you spoken to teenagers lately? Yeah? But that's you. That's not for me. Because there's no rule of law that can judge and separate. So, it is a mindset that creeps in. Okay? Uh, why am I saying this? Because I got to show you that you think it's the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. You think that thinking is correct just because you feel and experience it. But it's not the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Okay. So you are constantly becoming, there is no solid self. So today I can feel like, you know, you can constantly change. Today I can be this. Tomorrow I can be that. Today I can be a businessman. Tomorrow I can be a lawyer. The next day I can be this. You are constantly changing because there is no solid self. That means we cannot define your identity. One time and then leave you in that identity and say you are becoming in this identity. You are becoming more and more. You are maturing in that identity. But in existentialism is you say I am a son. Tomorrow I don't feel like I am a son. Tomorrow I want to be something else. So that which you said is not solid. And instead of growing into sonship, we are growing into many different things. Because the ages change. What they taught in the world a few years ago is not what they will be teaching years from now. And things will change and now you walk according to what is happening. Okay? 
So there is no solid eternal identity of one's being and existence. So out of that, okay, just bear with me. I know this is not the normal modus operandi. Okay, out of that, or what is closely linked to that, is a, is a mindset of postmodernism. Okay, postmodernism. It is, it is something that, that challenges traditional notions of truth. Identity, knowledge, leading to a greater emphasis on the individual's perspective. And the deconstruction of the grand narrative. Which means, what grand narrative means, what was the ultimate purpose that God had for your life? What was the ultimate plan that He had for you in how you should function for Him? And you will deconstruct that idea with reasoning and the thoughts that go through and the philosophies and the worldviews that come out. It's called postmodernism. And so I will focus not on what God had for me, but what I experience in the moment and what is right for me. Are you all with me? Okay? So, so there is no, there is nothing to measure yourself by. So I said, fool, if I feel that's the way, then that's the way. You know, I mean, there's nothing you can use to tell me I am wrong. But we have seen that the scripture says, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Neither be discouraged when you are rebuked or corrected. What is correction? But in the approach of post you can't correct me because it is what is true for me. So you can't say that's your truth. There is no truth that is up there that says this is to everyone. The grand narrative is deconstructed. Are you all with me? Do you understand that? Right? There are themes to postmodernism or sometimes the way you think. It's called the blurring. What they do is they blur the boundaries. Okay? In that sense, if you blur the boundaries, I can step outside of what is correct and where I am um, put into place. It opposes stable identity. Hierarchy. In hierarchy, they would say the words like above. This is if you do your research, then this is what it is. Hierarchy. They dislike postmodern people that function in postmodernism in that theory, in that worldview, dislike words like above, below, submit, equal, once a They don't like those words. Now, now you see, that is the spirit of the age. If you are thinking like that, then you are not thinking according to the spirit of God. You are thinking according to the spirit of the age. Because that worldview or that way of thinking is coming from there.
So let's read, let's read Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 2. So in existentialism, they say there's no plan, the, the purpose and plan of God. I, that's for, if you believe in God, then it's, the truth is for you. But that might not be my truth. Can you understand that? Now, if you, if you speak, now if you spend time on social media and so on, in videos and whatever, I've realized that movies will not tell you to disrespect your parents, but will constantly imply it. So they leave you with the concept, but they never told you. So we are being given a concept, but we are not told directly this is what you must do because it will be imposed. Obviously, if we in our generation will say, no ways. How many of movies constantly? That is the spirit of the age that is working through things. Right? And here it says, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. The word course there means age. The period of time. Can be a great number of years. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. In other words, the world, the spirit of the world. And the spirit of the current age. And the worldview that they have developed in the age that we exist. This might not have been true for them many, many years ago. But in our period of time that we are living, this is true. Right? They will, if you do your research, they will show you. According to the prince of the power. And when you do your research, you come to understand, oh, that's why the people talk like this. That's why they say things. That's why they think like this. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who is working in the sons of disobedience. Disobedience means disbelief. The, it also can mean rebellion to what is taught. But why? Because your mind has been hijacked by the world. Are you all with me? This is why throughout the Bible you always see like in the tabernacle daily they, they had to lit the lamps. Am I saying it correct? Lit the lamps. They had to light the lamps. Okay. So in the tabernacle every morning the lamps must be on. What is lamps? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It's the word. Every day, revelation. Because every day, you are hearing voices that come from the world. 
And our mindset that, hey, I can just be in the Word on Sunday when pastor preaches. But the rest of the week, you're hearing the Word of the world. The rest of the week, all you are hearing is how they think. Where it is so normal. Because everything is created by their own standard. So if I want to pay you to get the job, I give you under the day. It's normal. It's right. It's fine. What's wrong with it? I mean, for us, it's become so normal. There's, and there's nothing that will tell me this is wrong. This is how everybody is doing it. Are you all with me? Okay. So what, what am I saying to you? I'm saying to you. You have to understand that the scriptures is the measuring rod, the ruler, the measure, the thing that is used to, to discern and to say, but that, my friend, that's not our way. Are you all with me? Let's, let's go to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. So what I'm, what I'm saying to you is you need to realize that, that many times the way that you are thinking is not even biblical. But you could take it as that's the Holy Spirit. But it is not. Because if it disagrees with scripture, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of the age. When I say spirit of age, I'm talking about a principality that has worked into you. It's way of thinking. It's attitude and it's behavior. That it may seem right, but that's why, and that is darkness, but that's why light comes to expose. Not to judge you or you know, try to condemn you in a way to make you feel bad about, you know, oh, my way of thinking. No, it is there to expose it so that you can come more under the governance of the Holy Spirit. So here he says, we, however, will not boast beyond the measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God has appointed us. A sphere which especially includes you. Now that word sphere in the Greek, it's a word meaning canon. K-A-N-O-N. Right? It is also in English you get the word canon. Many times people talk about the canon, you know, of things. It means that thing which has the authority, but which also measures, everything is measured by that standard. It becomes a canon. Now, this word canon... It is, it is saying to us, right, it is the measure of rule, the sphere of activity, of authority, rule or conduct or doctrine. A straight reed, that is a rod, a rule. So sometimes they would have a straight reed, by that they would measure other things, whether either it was straight. It is a standard of faith and practice. It brings to you boundaries and a sphere of activity. 
A sphere of activity means there are some boundaries to your activities, your action. You know, that's why like in December, I put up those verses and I said, those verses that means, that refer to sound of summer parties. I explained to you that a word that is against parties, parties that go whole night where there's lots of drinking and things going on, and say that is not, now that's a boundary. But when you have not accepted that the scriptures have the authority to tell you it's wrong, then you create your own worldview. Then it is what is good for me. Okay? But this word sphere, rule, canon, is highlighting that there is something by which you can measure where something is not correct. You know, like, uh, I think was it in, in construction, they have that little, what you call that thing with a little bu- water bubble in the middle? What you call it? We just it spirit lead. Say again? Spirit level. Oh, okay. Spirit level. That's the name for it. Spirit level. Okay. That, there is something that you can use to determine whether this wall is level. Or if it's going down. Or if it's going up. But we, but in the church, we develop because the spirit of the world, which we engage so often, and unknowing what it is teaching us, though it is not explaining it to you, yet it is driving the concept into you. Showing you that it's okay. You know, if you watch uh, these teenager movies, you'll see they make it so normal for a child to talk to his parents like, like it's a Tommy. Yeah. You, know, and, and you know, those are things I, I really, my, my kids know, I go go say, with wie praat jy? We can speak well and so on, but when it comes to those things, I, I get quickly up your perky. Right? You understand? But when we don't have the spirit level, oh, I like that one. <laughs> when we don't have that, the word, the truth, then there's not, you see, because it's easy to make everything like it's okay, so that there's nothing that can measure me and say, it's forget. Okay. I'm rebuking no one. I'm teaching you something here. Okay? I want us to establish, if the church is going to be the pillar and ground of truth, it means its truth must be solid, immovable. Don't shift my boundaries. My boundaries can be today here, tomorrow it will be there. If I said, if I said I don't like Adultery, 
tomorrow God will not say, I like it. Tomorrow you'll say, I still don't like it. But I can tell you, emotions can get in the way. You understand? If God says, I don't like stealing, tomorrow you'll still be saying, I don't like stealing. But when the scenario, and you haven't accepted his word, As law, as the thing that rules, then it's easy to steal. Right? It's easy to do whatever is right for you. Now, when we come to honor, now I'm, I don't know why the Holy Spirit led me this way. Okay? But it is to highlight, for me, it is to highlight that Just because you think something and it sounds right, does not mean it's right. You've got to take out the spirit level. (laughs) Dale, you've got to take out the spirit level, the righteousness of God and say, my friend, what my mind is telling me is not God. Because now I have a rule, a measure, a canon by which things are measured. Are you all with me? Now when it comes to honor, now I know we're speaking about honor. Now it doesn't mean that honor is the only rule by which everything. No, there are other things. I just mentioned a few things, right? But we are teaching about honor. What I'm saying to you, you must accept and don't allow the spirit of the age to tell you something else. That honor is biblical. The honoring of leaders is biblical and should be accepted as truth. Not because the pastor is telling you that. But because it's found in the canon. It's found in the word. This is what the word teaches. Okay? So, if we go back to Hebrews chapter 12. Now what I'm saying is, you have to settle it in your heart. Honor is the way. Tell the person next to you, honor is the way. Tell the other person, honor is the way. It is the way. Okay, so in Hebrews chapter 12, let's read on from verse 6. It says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scorches every son whom he receives. If you are without correction, brothers and sisters, if the Holy Spirit that you are being led by, and you say you have never in your life Receive the correction from him. Something is wrong somewhere. Because Jesus is your Tommy. And he's only saying what is good for you. But that is not the way of Christ. Okay? He can say this is wrong. 
I have been corrected from the Lord often. And I don't have a problem to apologize. Okay? I just did it in the week. I said, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I really apologize and I hope that you would forgive me. You understand? If, if the Holy Spirit, if, the, if you claim to be led by the Spirit, but can never be corrected by the Spirit so that you line up with the truth of His Word, then there's something wrong. Then don't say that the Holy Spirit is always... I, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit doesn't lead you. I'm just saying He's probably not leading you all the time. Are you all with me? Okay. So, and the, and the sign that you are received is that the Lord also corrects. Right? And it's a sign that you are taken in. It's a sign that you are loved. But in the, in, in the world that we are today and how we grew up, if you constantly had a father, a parent, or whoever, or a school teacher who was constantly bashing you, judging you, condemning you, telling you this, and, you know, and with the wrong spirit and attitude, then it was, then correction is not a sign of love. Correction to you is a rejection of you. Correction is, you understand? But there is a place for how it can be done wrong, but it can also be done correctly. But the scripture is saying when we are corrected, we must, we must not be discouraged. Okay? Okay. Verses 7. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with If you endure chastening, what is chastening? Being corrected, disciplinary, uh, you're being disciplined, you're being trained, tutored in a direction. But if you're without chastening, sorry, if you endure, you know what endure means? To remain under, to remain in. Those of you who know my, my father in the faith, Tamu, because he's so busy and travels the world, you know, he hasn't got the, got the, the luxury and the time of saying it, taking an hour to tell you you are wrong. It's, it's got to be straight because he's, it's not only you that want to see him, there's other people who also want to see him. And so time is not something that must be managed. And, and he's quick. <laughs> so in the beginning when I, when I connected with him as my spiritual father, I had to learn. You know, you go to a conference, so excited to see him. But conference for him is, is work. Uh, there's focus, there's things that need to be done. You're constantly trying to pick up what is the Holy Spirit doing. So you are very focused and you can sometimes 
And I know, I can understand it because when we have conferences, I also try to hear what is the Holy Spirit doing where, you know, your mind is focused. And um, he was coming down. He was so focused. And I wanted to greet him. And I said, hello, Tamu. And he just walked right past me. And that was in front of other people. And he just walked right past me. I'm like, yo, okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then the, the, the brothers that, the, the elder brothers in the family that understand, they say, you know what, this is actually the wrong time to try and get a uh, conversation going with him and how is it going with you and all those type of things. You understand? Because he's focused on what he's doing. And we've come to learn to understand to support him in that. There's other people who won't understand it and they will greet him and so on, but it's fine. So, I learned to be unoffended. Some of you know there was a time, I mean, he would stand up right in front and then someone say, I just told JP, you know, why aren't you guys doing this and this and that? I'm like, okay, you didn't have to tell everybody. <laughs> you know? But you learn to be unoffended. He did not mean it in a way to make me look bad. But if we, if we get the wrong idea, so I've learned to grow. Are you all with me? When, there's, when we say honor, you can be offended. But when a father receives you, part of the package is the correction. God has received you. Part of the package is correction. That's the thing that we don't want to hear. But that is the foolishness of us. Because the wise in the book of Proverbs says, love correction. Those who are wise, when they are corrected, they will say thank you. They will see you as their friend. Okay? And we must accept that it's part. Verses 8. But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, all are partaken, partakers of correction, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Verse 9. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them what? Respect. See, there can be honor in when you are being corrected. You can still honor when you are being corrected. Okay? And learn not to go with your feelings and your attitudes and express your attitudes in those ways. Then he says, shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and love? Verses 10. For they indeed for a few days chasten us as it seemed best to them. But he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. So, the reason God does bring correction is for your profit, for my profit. I still remember, I don't want to go into that long story. But I, I still say that one of my most significant experiences with the Lord was when was 2018 where he rebuked me. And that rebuke 
cut me. But it cut me good. Right? In such a way that what God wanted to give after that just came. It just happened after that. It just, because it was a, was a moment where he just came in and said, you. He said, you long for the people to like you. That's why you are their servant and not mine. A long story. He said, honor comes from me, not from people. So God honors. Right? But he rebuked me. He told me what I was thinking and what was wrong. And I tell you, after that, I experienced the prophet. Okay? Not the prophet speaker. The prophet, after that, things changed, things moved. And the word that I, in the beginning of that year, kept telling my wife, this is the year. This is the year. We move forward. The, after that, everything just started happening. Bah, bah, just moved. Acceleration, it just started to go forward. It is for your profit. If you want to recognize the voice of wisdom, why, why, why in the book of Proverbs, why is the book of Proverbs written? It's written so that you read the first chapter and it will tell you why it's written. It's written so that you may know the voice of wisdom. So that you can recognize him when he speaks. And if you go through the book of Proverbs, you will constantly find the wise love instruction. The wise love correction. The wise. I, all my paths are this way. What is he saying? My voice. The voice of wisdom has in it correction. But it's the thing that we despise and dislike. Okay? So he says, no, then in verses, verses 11, now no chastening seems to be joyful for the, for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You are trained by chastening. Verses 12. Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble the knees. Right? So this is where you've been rebuked, you've been offended, and this is where the strengthen the hands which hang down. I always used to praise the Lord. Jesus, you are wonderful. But now you've been offended, rebuked, corrected. Now it's my hands don't want to lift. I don't want to praise the Lord. I don't want to do those things because this stuff. Now when it's in time of prayer, it's more complaining than it is praising. Right? Then in your feeble knees, this is where inside of you, you become, I'm tired of this walk. But training is fitness, discipline. Training strengthens the legs. Uh, last year I played a tennis competition. I was in the final. And I played in the final. It's two hours. We're busy playing. And while I'm playing, after a while, 
I could see I wasn't well trained for this. I wasn't very fit because when I wanted to take the step to hit the ball, my body said, not now. <laughs> and I felt the pain come here and the cramp that wants to hit. And I said, oh, okay. I said, the ball come off a bacon. Right? After a while I realized was my end of bring to the game. Because if I go to a third set, there's no ways I'm making it. My body, I'm not trained for this. We are not trained for things. You know, because, you know why your legs stay weak? Is because you constantly depart from the correct way. You have no endurance. You have no fitness in your walk with God because you constantly, if things go wrong and my emotions play with me, I'm going in a different direction. And when you depart from the rule, it may feel comfortable and feel more relaxed. But that is where you are still a weak in your walk with God. You have to learn how. See, I have three minutes. Okay. Verses 13. Make straight paths for your feet. One of the meanings of the word rule is a straight rod. It's not crooked. For your feet, so that that which is lame may not be dislocated and rather be healed. If you walk, if you get offended while you are practicing your honor, and you choose now no longer to practice honor because of your offense, it is saying... You will never get healed from it. You won't get healed. Straight paths for your feet. I am giving you a straight path today. I'm telling you how to handle that when the offense comes. I'm telling you that when the offense comes, don't go with your thinking and your emotions and let your hurt speak to you. Go with what you were taught. Stick to what you were taught. And when you are taught that, you have found a straight path for your feet. For your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have a straight path. Have you seen a light that goes like this? If you put on the light, it's straight, my friend. (laughs) A light for your path. Straight paths for your feet. So that what is lame... May not be dislocated, but rather that you would be healed. Healing. Because I tell you, if you have had a lot of rejection, a lot of pain, the chances are that you are easily offended. Easily, and that's why I need to give you a straight, because this is the way. The way that you'll get your healing is to stick to the way. Don't allow your emotions to rule you. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. That simply means you'll never recognize the Lord in other people as long as the offense is there. That's why purity is necessary so that you can discern him when he comes. Are you all with me? Okay. Let's stand.
Cindy, you can play. You know, we just okay. We sometimes do experience that offense. Sometimes you are discouraged. Uh, you know, I see that often. You know, when it comes to marriage. You would say, do it this way. And then a week later, someone would say, but I've been doing it. I don't want to do this anymore. You become discouraged in the practice of a right way. Because when things don't turn out and go the way and we are offended. I want to tell you that it is the way. Even if you will experience. Remember, it is when. It is not if. I am telling you, you know, all of us know if you have parents or if you are a parent or if you're going to be a parent, you know, your child, if you never correct your child, I don't know, I don't think you're a good parent, right? But it's part of the package. We have to honor even when we are corrected and discouraged so that we can profit because the enemy would like you to be offended the enemy would like you to be discouraged by things that were actually said for your benefit not to destroy you so we're going to take communion and I want you to share with someone the communion I just want you to pray with each other Let us come forward and take the communion because Jesus showed us the example. You can come forward.